Productions. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or Beasley Media Group. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by ELEC 825. We are thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM and 97.5 HD2, part of the Beasley Media Group, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, can you handle all this Eagles talk that we're going to have going on? I know last week you made sure there were so many guests that I got like a minute and a half. It was it was a genius of diversionary tactic. And, yeah. and, look, at, this and week, look at you now rocking your Rutgers stuff. Now that I we've always had, rock now, my Rutgers now, stuff. No, you don't. You always have like old shirts on and old Eagle shirts on and stuff like that. I have that. my Eagle shirt underneath. Uh, underneath it. So, yeah. But since you got a Rutgers person, I decided to get you a nice little Rutgers Oh, coat. look at so you look at getting that. nice yeah. things for me. I appreciate that. Rutgers is playing at the Garden tomorrow against Michigan State. Need another quality win. They beat Minnesota this week. Yeah, but they didn't do well after our interview. No, nah, that mm. wasn't the best game. But we're not going to go there. We're going to stick to the Eagles. You're not going to distract me because we have some great guests Why? coming Why? Pitchers up. and catchers are reporting a week and a half. We'll get to plenty of baseball, if not this week, in the coming weeks. Don't worry. There's um, a lot to talk look, about. Look, I'm trying. We're going to have I know. We're gonna have plenty of Eagles talk today. You're definitely I'm going to try to have a little bit of fun with it. You watched the game, though, last week? Of course I watched the game. Did the Niners have a chance if Brock Purdy didn't get hurt so early? <laughs> That's a huge if, wasn't it? He threw, what, two passes before his arm went out? I would just say, in general, it's bad offensive planning to have a tight end block Hassan Reddick. Just not a good thing to do. Yeah, but uh, <clears throat> y- you can't avoid it. I mean, what were they going to do? Uh, not what they did. The, the, it didn't Eagles work. Ha- the Eagles have so many guys on that defensive line. There's only so many guys that the offensive lineman can block. I mean, people keep wanting to say they shouldn't have had a, a tight end block him. Well, what else were they going to do with that? Were you surprised that they tried to almost put him back in there? And I guess they had nobody else. What do you else. mean almost? They did put him back in there. I know, but before that, to, though, to hand I off. Mean, all he could do was hand off. I, I guess they didn't have enough of a wildcat in Apparently, the Apparently, McCaffrey to... can't throw. That's the one thing he can't do, I guess. Apparently. So the Eagles move on. We get to talk Super Bowl for all two weeks going on now. And you made sure to get me some fun guests to talk with, didn't you? Yeah, we figured we'd bring some Eagles fans onto the game that people might know. Kevin Nagandi from Sports. Center and Michael Collins, America's caddy. Why don't we go right to it here? All right, Jeff, let's bring on ESPN Sports Center host Kevin Nagandi and senior golf analyst for ESPN.com, Michael Collins. More importantly, two Eagles fans among us. Gentlemen, thank you for the time. Pleasure joining you guys. What? I am so excited right now to be on with everybody. <laughs> this radio feels like home. Are you kidding me? Uh, all right, Michael, we're going to give you a, a second to just calm down a little bit, and then we'll get to you because, Kevin, I have never seen a host of a show so excited to do a show as watching you on NFL Live this week talking a lot about the Eagles. How much fun are you having on that show? It's great, and and honestly, um, I was asked to do it to fill in back in December, and I said, yeah, sure, if I could free up a couple of other things, because no matter what, I'm still doing the 6 p.m. Sports Center. That's my my day job during the week. So we we, we finagled some stuff, and then it's been my approach all season, guys, uh, that one game at a time. But the guy who asked me, you know, the coordinating producer, Camby, who asked me to be a part of it, was like, hey, and maybe that's a good week we're going to be talking about your Eagles. Now, this was the second week of December, and I was like, don't you dare. Don't you even bring it up. <laughs> we're taking it one week at a time. And up until Sunday, you know, and I know what was playing out. I was at the game with 
my 10-year-old, my 8-year-old, my wife, my 6-year-old was at my cousin's house because she just wants to play with dogs and doesn't want to be at a game, and I don't blame her. Um, but my, my 10-year-old turns to me and he goes, specifically, he goes, hey, in the third quarter, he goes, we're going to the Super Bowl. And I was like, boy, don't you even say that. Let's watch how this plays out. I'm 47 years old. I've been through some pain. Let's wait. And then about five minutes left in the game, I turned to him. I'm like, we're going to Arizona. So it just gives you an idea of that carrying over on every show and everybody here at ESPN. You know, you heard Michael's excitement. Everybody at ESPN knows that we wear our passion on our sleeves. And when they want to talk to you about it and they want to, you know, bring it up, it's it's just the shared fandom that we have behind the scenes that we could actually bring on TV and enjoy the entire experience. So that's what that's what you saw on TV. Uh, and that's what you continue to see on SportsCenter uh, as the week has played out. Well, I heard Michael's passion. I wear my ink on my arm. I, 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 <laughs> oh, don't go. you worry. We are, I promise. <laughs> we'll get there. We don't are worry. going to get there. But but here's the thing, Michael. Not only do you have the Eagles, they're intersecting with the Waste Management Open out there in Arizona. Will you be leading the Eagles chance that Jeff will hear in the background at that crazy tournament next week? <laughs> Literally, I, I was in Fort Lauderdale last night and got to my house for doing a thing for the NHL All-Star Game and got home at like 1 o'clock in the morning and didn't get to sleep in, had to drop the dogs off. It's, it's, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, to say the least. But right when you guys were calling, all I was doing was throwing Eagles gear into my suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally going to at like five o'clock. My my youngest son turns fourteen today. I'm looking to make sure they're not coming in the door from school. He doesn't know it yet, but he is being surprised and going to fly out to Phoenix to meet me because Ooh. I got a Super Bowl ticket. Look at that, a boy. So, That's awesome. Yeah, I did not get to go to the one we won in Minnesota because it was 137 degrees below zero and I ain't risking <laughs> not being found until July when they got one summer day. They didn't have a golf so, tournament there that week? Nah, we were, the golf tournament that was there was, was like in August, which is the only time you're going to have it. But the mosquitoes, bro, them some mosquitoes that do jail time. They got like tattoos and they be throwing up weight, talking smack to people as they fly by. That being said, I was like, I'm not missing this one. I didn't go to the one in Jacksonville because I didn't feel confident about it. And honestly, the Minnesota one, like, I I didn't want to go just by myself either. Mm. So I wanted to share it with my family if, if we were going to do it and win and whatnot. And so this one, though, is special because my 14-year-old and I, like, we're all in when it comes to Philly. And so – knowing the look on his face when I tell him we're going to get to go and he's going to fly out to the waste management as well. Like I'll be doing my serious XM show from the 17th T box on Tuesday and Wednesday. And don't think for a second, I ain't rocking full <laughs> Eagles regalia. <laughs> I got Eagles shoes. That's how stupid I am. I got the shoes to rock right now. And I, and if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I'm not crazy about doing it, right? Because there's a superstitious part of me, too, that is like, don't be the dude that paints your face before the game because you don't want to be the dude walking out with the painted (laughs) face 
and looking all depressed. You know what I mean? You'd rather don't have nothing on your face and celebrate. You well, know what I mean? So you can laugh at the people who do got stuff on their face. Well, Michael, though, you may not paint your face before the game, but you've met, now mentioned twice tattoos. And, and if I recall correctly from having you both of you on the show in the past, there was an agreement between the two of you about tattoos. Oh, boy. Which was actually five I, five years ago yesterday is when the Eagles I, won the Super yeah. Bowl. Or five years ago tomorrow. Just want you all to know the timeline of how this is going on here. <laughs> So, 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 Michael, how's you know, your tattoo, and, and Kevin, how's off? yours? You got, yeah, my tattoo still has all its color and whatnot. <laughs> you know, yeah, but, you know, I'm the first one to just whip it out. So, actually, one of the coolest—I will say this—the f- coolest thing when I got the tattoo was I, I got it in in Phoenix, in Scottsdale, and on a Sunday night took a red eye Sunday night after it was done. It was five and a half hours in the chair, took a red eye. And when I landed, I had gotten a text message from the Eagles. So they said, come to the facility. So I went to the facility and the display case was empty. I was like, oh, the trophy's not here. And this dude comes out with a pile of towels that he's carrying. And he's like, yo, you're the golf dude. You want to see the trophy? (laughs) And he brings the trophy out. And I still have the plastic on like that cellophane they put on the tattoo to keep it safe and i he lets me hold the trophy and takes pictures of me holding the eagles first super bowl trophy and the markings on the tattoos super bowl match letter for letter i don't and the guy wasn't a football fan so i don't know how he did kevin and then do you, later do you that have... day tiger was poking me in the arm so <laughs> i'm still with hey kevin what great tattoo stories do you have? <laughs> well, I've got two of them. Uh, one just doesn't say Fly Eagles Fly or, or has a, a German Shepherd on it. So um, I will say this, and, and Michael loves this story. And for the last five years, he, is, he has not missed the chance to share it with anybody. Uh, Michael and I obviously talked about leading into the Super Bowl, like what we would do. And Michael specifically in the commercial break said that he was going to get a tattoo. And he was like, we should both get tattoos. And I was like, all right. And, and Michael carried through with it. That does not mean I still don't want to get one, but I will explain a couple things. Whether it's weak or not, at least I will explain my case. Uh, when when w- this all went down, I was in the middle of just – my schedule was so crazy. Like, I don't have an off-season. And Michael's off-season super small anyway. I don't have an off-season. I go, you know, wearing multiple hats. You go to the next thing, you go to the next thing, you go to the next thing. So me finding the time to tell my wife, hey, we got a five-year-old, a three-year-old, a one-year-old. I'll be back. I'm going to Arizona for the weekend. Uh, yeah, you got it. You're good. You're good. Don't worry. I'm going to go get this tattoo. Wasn't going to sit well back in 2018 after they won it. And then, and then, like, the next year I was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to get this done. COVID then happens in 2020. Everything's iced out. And then I got to tell you, I'm not kidding. About two months ago, I was hitting up a specific tattoo artist in Philadelphia. And then I was like, I'm going to hold off because if we make a run – well, we might as well get something else as well if we're going to get one marking a celebration, and we could try to get a second one together. 
Wait, so, so do I, we have an agreement between no, the two no, of you about no, what's no, going to no, happen? No, 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 I'm saying, I'm saying on my arm <laughs> or on my body. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying got, to get Mr. Collins in trouble here, yo, all right? See, y'all, y'all heard how that played out right there. Because you like, so you're going to get one after this one? Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't, wait a minute. No, 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 I'm just I saying, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not trying to get Mike involved in this because I, I'm not, I'm not writing a check for Mike. <laughs> Well, he, he appears well, he appears listen, more than eager. Bro, I'm listen. I'm more than happy, over the moon ecstatic to do another one. You'll and be I'll out do, in Arizona. I, I'll do, and this is I'll do this. I'll try to do the same thing that I did for this one. The one that I got, I was lucky enough later after they won later on in the year. Coach Doug Peterson was on a podcast that myself and Matt Barry did. And I told him, yo, I got to get this tattoo. Will you design it? And yeah. he designed this. What you see on my arm is what Coach Doug Peterson said he wanted to see. That's and incredible. so that that part's crazy. So if we get this one, then I'm and I have an avenue to talk to the coach and say, hey, I got to get another one. <laughs> Can you imagine you Nick Sirianni's design? I, I, but but we won't. Hey, that's that's the cart before the horse. We won't do that. Yeah, no. Nah, I'm just saying, nah, if it if it were to exactly. happen, it would be fantastic. And I got a way to get it done. So, bro, I'm in. All right. So we um, we need in. this to happen. We'll ask you guys a little bit about some of what's gone on. Uh, you know, you may not have the tattoo, Kevin, but you wear Temple all over yourself. Talk about what it's like to watch your Temple guy, Hassan Reddick, to have the success he's had after returning home. That's my guy, and I'm glad you guys brought it up. I mean, we're talking about a guy that uh, was like a one-star that had one scholarship coming out of school, and it was to Temple, and he, he was a running back at coming out of Camden, right? Like, he, he is the epitome of what a Temple Al is. Like, we're often overlooked. You got a chip on your shoulder the entire time, and he busted his butt and earned the right to be a first-round pick. And then you go to Arizona – and the Cardinals just didn't know how to use him. And this comes down to coaching, right? How, how do you use him the right way? And I was so happy for him that he went to Carolina that one year with Coach Rule, who, you know, obviously developed him at Temple, and they put him in the right spot. But I don't think anybody would have predicted this. And he's just balling, man. And he's now already out-earned the contract that they gave him, and he makes Howie Rosen look so good. And I just hope that, a game like this, you know, Andy Andy Reid, I think, is going to scheme against him. So what I think they plan on doing, and, and I hope the Eagles have a counterattack, is they're going to be like, all right, you want, you want to blow by the tackle? All right, we're going to throw the screen pass past you. Um, and as a result, we're going to take advantage of some chunk yards to the outside. I think the running backs play a critical role here for the Chiefs mm. because their wide receivers are so banged up. And I – I'm looking forward to seeing how that first quarter plays out and the adjustments that defense led by Hassan and Jonathan Gannon, what, what kind of adjustments they make uh, to, to continue that pressure against Mahomes. Because this, this game comes down, you know, uh, to, not to make it so simple, but it'll come down to what kind of plays 15 can make. Uh, and on the other side, can Jalen Hurts throw the football downfield? If he could throw it accurately downfield 20-plus yards, they can expose that secondary. And if you, all that stuff's working, uh, I think we're we're feeling really good as Philadelphia Eagles fans. And, and uh, the idea that Hassan Reddick, a Temple Al, who, who came from nothing, is is mm. going to be one of the stars of this year's team, well deserved, is 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 the icing on the cake for I think many people in the in the city of Philadelphia. All right. So 
if Hassan Reddick is your guy, Michael, whose jersey are you wearing for Super Bowl Sunday? Oh, oh really? Y'all really throwing me on the spot like that, huh? <laughs> um, well, I will tell you this. Another one of the surprises that I'm going to do for my guy, my 14-year-old, as Kevin knows, I'm not the tallest guy in the world. So, you know, I am a was a big fan of Darren Sproles when he came to the team, and I'm a huge fan, as my 14-year-old is, who also has um, my build. Thank goodness he's already just a little bit taller. But I think <laughs> he's going to be rocking a Boston Scott jersey. Love um, it. Love it. Who is also of the stature of and the speed and elusiveness that um, Darren Sproles was as well. And, you know, coming from New Orleans, when we got him, you know, I'm sure there were questions on what was left in the tank. And I really like how Boston Scott can change things up um, as opposed to when Miles Sanders is out on the field. And I would expect to maybe even see both of them on the field at the same time at some point because I think they would be very hard to pick one. Like, who are you going after and whatnot? So, um, you know, and if I have to get a jersey to wear a jersey when I'm there of a player that's on the field uh, earlier this year, I'm a, just between us, all right, because I never told anyone this before. I did it on the down low. We, but, won't, we um, won't tell anyone. Yeah, we're not on the radio. I Don't worry. A, <laughs> yeah, I know. I sent a video from the father-son of me and Tiger sent a message to Jalen and Kelsey. So wow. I probably rock a Jalen jersey. That's, that's awesome. That's pretty awesome. You know, I, I got to ask you, you know, Michael, you're the, the comedian of the two. I find the Kelsey brothers to be hilarious on their podcast. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> what do you think about the two of them getting a face-off in this game? Yeah, well, I, here's the thing. Like, everyone keeps saying, it's Kelsey versus Kelsey. They're not actually playing against one another. Nah. They're both on offense, right? So it's like – but it's what's going to be funny is the one who loses. Like, how really bitter – is that one going to be? And then how stank is that podcast going to be? They make, <laughs> be like, I'm not going to lie. They make me jealous of what they get to say and do on the podcast. Because as you know, me and Kevin work for a company that's owned by Disney. You know, so Mickey Mouse is not going to let me drop no F-bombs <laughs> and get all crazy. You know what I mean? Now, I might. How about this fight? That's a good idea. How about this? If we're able to do this and we pull this off, I say we circle back here within one year. And if Mr. Nagandi does not have a tattoo by then, then he has to do either Sports Center or has to do something with me wearing the full Mummer's outfit. Like what Kelsey had on. And I mean, hat. Everything he gotta wear all of it. I, I won't make him ride a bicycle. I don't know how good he is on a bike. Jeff Maybe writes con Jeff writes contracts for a living, so he could draw this up for you. I'll, I'll have it to you by Monday, I assure you. It's amazing. <laughs> you guys are that's all in. No you. surprise. Hey, hey, Kevin, just so we're clear, we didn't bring it up. He, he just brought it up. Are you in? This, uh, uh, well, listen, 
<laughs> let me guess. He's got, let me guess. You got to go. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you. I can tell you that no matter what I say about me being in on Sports Center, that doesn't mean uh, it's going to actually happen. <laughs> there, there's some there's some stop gaps you got to go through before that actually happens yeah. on the air. The costumers so. don't have that in in their wardrobe. <laughs> no, they do not have that in the wardrobe, but. But I, I, I'd like to circle back on this conversation because let's see how it. I love what Michael's doing in the end. Michael's Michael's doing <laughs> doing it the right way, and 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 I appreciate Michael and saying all the right things because it's all in good fun and good taste. And and I'm up for any challenge. I'm not agreeing to this specifically because I, I can't cash that check and say, "What do you mean? What do you, it's the Mummers, yeah." And, and tell my boss that. I don't think uh, my boss Norby would be down with that. And I, Michael <laughs> knows not. that. <laughs> That's why so, he's laughing so hard. Not. Yeah, but yeah. I, I want to circle fun... back one thing. I do want to circle back one thing, and, and Michael brought this up, and, and it's really important. Like, a lot of people have asked me all week, are you going? You got to go. You got to go. And I've said that I was really lucky to go five years ago when my kids were young. And, and Michael brought it up with the excitement of telling his 14-year-old, like, to experience the Super Bowl with your kid and you're – they're as, as excited as you are. I, I don't think that's anything cooler than that. And a lot of people have asked me, are you going? Are you going? And I'm like, I, I, I can go if I can get one. I can go if I can get two. I'm not going to go unless I can take my two boys. I, I want to be mm. where they're at the entire time to experience it because that's what sports is all about. And, and props to Michael to make sure to make that happen with his 14-year-old son because no matter what, when they look back, when we all look back at our fondest memories, it's those sports moments with the people we care about. So I can't wait to actually hear the stories that Michael's going to share through his son's eyes of that experience. Because I got that this weekend with my, my two boys uh, at the NFC mm. Championship game. And that's what this whole thing is about, right? That's why we got all into it. That's why we love it and that connection. And, and to, to be able to be in that moment with him in Arizona – uh, I'm actually more excited for Michael than I am most Eagles fans to be ex- to be able to experience that with his son because there's nothing better than that. Hey Kevin, I had actually I'll... heard if you don't go, um, you you told your wife no parties. I, I felt like I, I, I felt like I understood you with that. Heck uh, can yeah! You, can you explain I'm 100% to Jeff behind him on that? Because Jeff yeah. Jeff doesn't always understand my anxiety around being an Eagles fan. Can you explain to Jeff why no parties and why we never actually feel like we have it? <laughs> Yeah, Jason, I I can't watch – first off, I can't watch regular season Eagles games with people. I'm not – I just don't like it because I, I – unless they're Eagles fans and smart Eagles fans, I can't go to a bar. Right. Uh, I just can't be in that environment because I, I'm not nope. fun. Uh, I don't want to hear about, like, BS things that they think. Like, I, I just – I want to be with the right people who understand the game and understand my emotions – during the game. And some of those emotions, definitely something I can't broadcast here. And some of those emotions, I don't want to, I don't want to be in a room where somebody's looking at me. Um, you know, I, here's a perfect example. My 10 year old and eight year old were with us at the game. And a lot of people are like, did your, did your kids hear things that they'd never heard before? And I'm like, no, they hang around me watching Eagles games. They've heard it all. And, and they, they may have heard it used in different senses, but they've heard everything that they've, they've been around. And they're like, well, isn't that bad parenting? I'm like, no, I'm giving them a dose of reality of 
what it's like, <laughs> but I'd rather have them hear it from me used the right way than somebody Correct. at school is going to use it and misuse it. So, like, my wife, when I told my wife, I was like, if I don't get three tickets, I'm not going. And she turned to me and she goes, I take it we won't have a party then this year. And I was like, absolutely not. I said, there's no way some, anybody's coming through the door, especially when I got to hear about, you know, a Super Bowl commercial. No, I don't want to hear anything like that. I don't want to think about nah. that. I want to go back and rewind what I may have missed so I can continue to watch that and catch up in the commercial break. All right. Well, hey, I'm going to tell you all two things right now. Number one. Uh, there's no Super Bowl party at my house either. If you want to see me not be funny, come watch me watch the Eagles game. <laughs> exactly. Right? And number two, me and Kevin are on the exact same page when it comes to parenting because the last time that me and my youngest went to an Eagles game, it was against Dallas. And it was oh. one of the years we was horrible. It was freezing cold. It's when we had NFL Live was there early. And I put a video out of my young son jumping in with the crowd. Dallas sucks. Dallas. <laughs> and he was so happy and excited to be part of it. And I'm just looking at him filming it. And there's a part of me as a parent that is so proud. And there's part of me going, oh, I know this isn't great parenting. And right now I don't care. I don't yeah, bring another cheesesteak. I don't care. Dallas does suck. I don't care. Go. All right. For, for, so for the, the two parents out there, you're going to give us predictions before you go? No. Yeah, I will. I, I mean, <laughs> with it being a pick em game, uh, or I, it's one and a half right now, but I think leading into that game, it'll probably be a pick em as the week goes on. Uh, I, I think the Eagles win by four points. And uh, I'm not saying that with confidence. But there's something weird about my vibe with this team. Usually I got a pit in my stomach, and, and it's not because of arrogance. I just think this is the best Eagles team. Uh, this will go down, hopefully with a win, the, as the best Eagles team ever. And top to bottom, one through 53, they have the best roster in the NFL. They just got to show it. And the only issue is they've got number 15 on the other side, who I think is going to go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. And I know what just happened with Tom Brady. Tom Brady's got all the numbers, and he's the ultimate winner. I think when you look at what Patrick Mahomes can do, he's the greatest. He will be the greatest quarterback. So let's hope we avoid the Mahomes magic. Well, should what you – I think we're going to win, and I believe that we're going to win. I'm not going to pick a score like that. I'm going to say it's going to be extremely important if we get up to a lead early that we keep the pedal on the metal. And I think mm. as long as we keep the pedal to the metal like that, like stay up by two scores and don't not be aggressive, then I think we'll be good to go. And I think, you know, Kevin touched on it a little bit as far as this is the greatest team ever. This is a team, and from everyone I've talked to that knows people in the locker room, they really, really like one another. They really like being around one another. And, and I'll throw out an analogy. This team reminds me of the last Phillies team to win the World Series. Those guys just had fun together. And as long as our guys are having fun, we're not beatable. We're just not. Those guys have too much fun together, even when we get down. And I think if they go into this game with that same mentality, we're here to get a job done. But guess what? I love being next to you, man. And I love seeing when you're out there playing, I'm going to watch you too. Let's go have a good time. 
I don't think we can be beat. Well, should that happen, uh, we will be contacting you both again to arrange uh, what was discussed previously on the show that nobody would commit to because <laughs> we don't want to jinx it. Uh, Michael Collins. Hopefully next time I'm on the show, you get to hear the <laughs> We're more than willing to help facilitate that with you for you both. We're, whatever role we need to play, we're here for you. Kevin Nagandi, Michael Collins, thank you for always giving us some time. Take it easy, gentlemen, and enjoy the big game. Appreciate you guys. Go Birds. Thanks. Thanks, guys. That was awesome. Have a great time at the game, man. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. What a blast with those two guys. Yeah, they seem pretty happy, didn't they? Uh, I think that Collins was happier than Nagandi. He's the one that's got to end up with either a tattoo or some mummer's gear on, which we didn't well, even suggest, by the way. We just agreed to facilitate it happening once it does. The What, suggest the mummer's gear? Yes, that was all I Michael. W- I would never have suggested that. No, that was all Michael. I no. did enjoy Kevin saying, you know, that's not a decision that's made at my level. <laughs> <laughs> that's the easy way to get out of um, Wardrobe me- says no, right? Meanwhile, while we're talking to them, our phone's blowing up. Kyrie wants to be traded, man. Let's talk some basketball. You taking Kyrie on your team? Am I? Come on, no, no. conditions. He, he wants. Well, wait. What, you, what are you suggesting that somehow Kyrie is going to get traded to the Sixers? Oh hell no! All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, here, but I'm saying if you're a basketball, Harden already got away from him once. You think he wants him again? I, what does this mean that, that Kyrie wants out? Is Durant hurt more than? Well, no. From what I, from what we can tell, it appears that they offered him a, a contract that had contingencies in it, and he didn't take too well to it. So he's probably trying to make his way to L.A. You mean the guy who couldn't get on the court in New York all last year doesn't want to sign a deal that would might require certain things? It's not that he couldn't get on the deal. Chose not to. He chose to take actions that kept him off of the court. There's a difference. Um, He needs to keep be reminded that there's choice. But look, that team has been a mess. Kevin Durant's one of the best players in the NBA. And Kyrie Irving is one of the best players in the NBA. But the fact is, it is the most dysfunctional team in the You didn't the mention NBA. Ben Simmons. What would you like me to say about him? He's the best what? what I look, he? He's the best fouler? I texted you the other night. I never thought there would be a time where I would say Markel Fultz is better than Ben Simmons, but I watched that game, and the regression on Simmons is unbelievable. Think, think about, I remember going to a Sixers game and them handing out posters that was Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz, and Joel, and Joel Embiid. Embiid. Yeah, it used to be out in that the old studio. The, it used to be on the wall, and then they covered up Fultz's head with somebody else. <laughs> that, was gonna, that was going to be the big three. And somehow, I don't know what it is about the Sixers. Do they just not do background checks on guys? Do they not do like <laughs> pre-draft interviews the way that they do in the NFL? I have no idea what happened there. It, it did not work out, though. Uh, uh, and it ain't working out for the Nets. James Harden gets snubbed as a Sixer, as a backup All-Star. J- Joel Embiid makes the All-Star team as, as a, a backup. backup. Any thoughts on that at all? Embiid should be a starter. I mean, there's no question that he should be a starter. He's he's going to end up second or third in the MVP voting again. Again. You know that I'm always fine when players from my team don't play in All-Star games because I don't want them to get injured. So. <laughs> I'm totally fine with them not playing. Harden would just want to go there for the parties. 
he does not want to go there for some other reason. No, I understand. He he wants to he wants to go have fun, and he's just upset he's not invited. Yeah, I know. Anything. I know what's coming now. He, he, as much as I tried to get you off of this talk with fo- a little bit less football talk. Oh no, no, we're going to more football. We're, we're going back to more Eagles talk. I think. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Dave Spadaro, Eagles Insider, joins us on the show. Dave, thanks for some time. How you doing, man? Good guys. How are you? I'm less nervous now than I was the last time we talked, Jeff. Wants- no, you're not. But Dave, we got to give it to you. You were right. When you were on here, you were not concerned at all. No, and we gave it to you last week. We told you that you were right, too. What's what's going on, man? How's the feel down there? He's just week? happy we keep saying he's right. Right. <laughs> he's going to clip that out <laughs> uh, and play it. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's a, it's a, it, we don't play this week, so the feel is very, very matter-of-fact and very confident. And, um, you know, everybody's got all their logistics squared away, which is the really um, stressful part of a Super Bowl week. Uh, and then the team leaves Friday, uh, Sunday for Arizona. And then that's when it kind of, I think it's going to hit everybody. Dave, what's it like for, when they, when they have this extra week, we hear from players and staff all the time about the problem with this extra week is dealing with family members, dealing with friends, dealing, as you said, with the logistics of it. What is it like for the players? And is there a way to alleviate this additional stress on them? Yeah, they do it early in the week. It's all done. So that's how they alleviate it. There's really no way to um, alleviate the ask and the, the request that you get. But you have a deadline of whatever it was, Tuesday or Wednesday. So if you don't have your request in now, there's no requests. And so that's how you alleviate the stress. There's, it's easy to tell people no when you pass the deadline. And so it's been all football. The players came back into NovaCare on Thursday. They had a walkthrough yesterday. They had a practice today. And, you know, they're getting into their and the, the work tomorrow. And then the team leaves Sunday. So um, it is you alleviate the stress by not having it carry over. And then the, the team will fly out the friends, family, wives, girlfriends, et cetera, parents on um, Friday of next week. And then uh, they'll, they'll enjoy that night before the game with their families. Um, probably normal Saturday visit, which they normally would have on, on a road trip with some select friends and family. And then it's on to the biggest stage of their careers. So wait, I'm a little concerned here. Jason looks a little sad here. You needed to get your request in by Wednesday. Does that mean Jason can't ask you right now for tickets? <laughs> I wasn't even going to try. No, you know, every, no, you're welcome to ask. You can ask all you want. You can I can only imagine how many requests you get. Look, I mean, yeah. what we've seen from this team in the playoffs is, is sheer dominance. I mean, they've outscored opponents yep. 69 to 14. Talk a little bit about what you're hearing. I, the approach from Jalen Hurts is so impressive. He just never seems satisfied, always back and focused to the next thing. Talk a little bit about what you're seeing out of him. Well, the big thing, so you've heard it, it's a Philly thing, of course, right? The sold-out marketing and, and, and merchandise campaign. Now I think the next campaign is keep the main thing the main thing, and that's really been the theme of this locker room. And really when it comes down to all the pomp and circumstance of the Super Bowl, and there is so much of it, it comes down to winning the game one week from Sunday. So that has to be at the front of everybody's mind, and uh, and it goes back to Jalen just keeping it very calm and keeping it very composed and, and indeed in his parlance, keeping the main thing, the main thing. And so that's really, I, I was just out, I just got out of the locker room and, you know, I mean, it's, it's very stress-free. Like you, it's not, people are, it'll hit them next week because it's a different environment and there's going to be media from all over the world. But uh, right now it is, you know, I, I had a 10 minute conversation with Kaiser White about what you guys were talking about, Kyrie Irving and, you know, and, and then he get laid the, uh, who's the best, player in the in the history of the NBA on me and I realized how old I was because he had not seen Michael Jordan play so you know like it's not it's 
everybody kind of laughing about what's to come Monday. And, you know, Rick Lovato was telling me stories about how he was in opening night five years ago. They had a, a TV station wrapping and having him wrap up a hoagie and then long snapping it to Donnie Jones through this maze of people. So it's like, you know, it's the goofy stuff ahead and you have to laugh at, at that part of it. But at the end of the week, it's, it's, you will prepare. The schedule stays the same as it does every week and you have to go out and prepare and, and play your very best football team, a very best football game against the, the best team you've played all year. The Kansas City Chiefs are deserving AFC champions, and I think it's going to be a great, great Super Bowl. How helpful is it? I know that there's only six players left on this roster from that team five years ago. Uh, how helpful so is there's it? There's seven. That, there's seven. How helpful seven is it? Seven plus Derek Barnett. That, Jason's not good with math. No, I'm bad with math. Okay. <laughs> that, okay, the, okay, that people in the organization here. have gone through this before. So. Oh, a lot. Yeah, yeah, from the travel, all the logistics. Um, the expectations, the understanding of what's to come, very, very helpful. So, um, you know, you'll, you look, I, you can't really control players and, and how they're going to feel the first time they run out on the field. I think the other component is there's a, obviously a lot of players who've been in huge games. You know, Jalen's played in the national championship playoffs. Uh, Devontae Smith, Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, they've all won championships at the college level. They all know that stage. So I don't, you know, I don't really think it's going to be a a big you know, difference for this football team. I don't expect this team to play a, a nervous game. I, I would be very surprised about that. And and to me, it, it always comes down to who wins the line of scrimmage. And I will tell you that no team is beating the Eagles at the line of scrimmage. The, the Kansas City Chiefs, to beat the Eagles, will have to play an incredible game because I think the Eagles are going to play an A-plus game. And, and we'll see if, if, if the Chiefs' best is good enough to beat Philadelphia's best. But I, I'm always going to rely on the, the strength, the power, the offensive line, the defensive line. That stuff's not going to go away in a big game. Look, we all know how much uh, Jason Kelsey is beloved in this city but and well-deserved. Jason Kelsey seems like, if you just watch him out there, seems just like a field general out there. He seems to just be controlling everything and seeing everything from an offensive line standpoint. How, standpoint, how important is it to have Jason Kelsey at, out there and a guy that he has experienced this before? Yeah, no doubt. And um, it's also good that he's, he's going to be going against their best player. Chris Jones is a great football player who really controls the middle of the Chiefs' defensive line and takes a lot of offensive lines out of what they do. Um, and I don't think Jason will allow that to happen. Jason's used to this kind of player, very physical guy, extremely athletic, very strong. Um, look, Jason's the best, so I don't think anybody has any understanding of him other than we all hold him on the Mount Rushmore of Eagles and – he will again look. Part of we've all we all know part of he's very involved in this story with Travis, his brother, on the other sideline. It's a great story. They're having fun with it. Um, I think Jason really cherishes this moment. Five years after the Super Bowl, he doesn't he doesn't know if he's going to play next year. This might be his last game as a Philadelphia Eagle, and he wants to go out on top. Talk about Andy Reid. Is that more of a media story or people talking in the building? And will it be helpful having seen him here to kind of anticipate some of his offense in terms of the screen game, using the tight end with some of the wide receiver injuries? Yeah, nobody's talked about him at all in the building um, at all. So not really not, – not I don't really think like internally it's going to be much of a storyline. You know, they, they, they've had the reunion tour with Andy before and this year with Carson, et cetera. Um, and I look, everybody knows what Andy runs and it's not really, it's not, it's, you, you can know what Andy Reid's running, but it's the execution of stopping it. That's the tough part. And he runs a great offense. He's got an amazing quarterback. They use their pieces so interchangeably. They are not the most talented receivers. They are not the most talented running backs. 
but they have an offense that scores a ton of points. And Andy is great at designing his offense and setting up plays and attacking weaknesses, and that's the challenge. But then it comes down really to the execution on the field, and, and that's what teams have so much trouble with. And when you play a quarterback who's able to, who's able to just manufacture plays and who's able to be so just multidimensional and just so difficult to bring down, and when you think you've got him down, he's making a throw – um, Patrick Mahomes is a different kind of quarterback here. So it's going to be a great challenge for the a defense that I still don't think is getting a ton of, a ton of credit. I mean, they did a great job against the Niners after knocking out Brock Purdy. And I think the national narrative is, well, the Eagles defense is good and everything, but they knocked out the starting quarterback who happened to be the third string quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. If the Eagles do a great job against uh, Patrick Mahomes, I think they'll get the credit they finally deserve. But the challenge is a very, very significant one. And to me, the Eagles' defense, if there's any weakness to it, is in the linebacker core. What do you expect them to do when it comes to Travis Kelsey? Pay him a lot of attention, double double cover him, single cover on the outside with their cornerbacks who can match up against the Chiefs' wide receivers. Um, you know, you got to be very aware of the check down and the running backs, the way the Chiefs use their running backs in the passing game, which we all saw a lot with Andy in his years here. Um, he, I mean, Deuce Staley, a great running back who – was just as good a wide receiver as he was uh, as a receiver as he was a, a running back, um, but yeah, you can't let Travis Kelsey destroy you. And really, in in Jonathan Gannon's defense, tight ends have not done that. And I, I, I haven't looked back yet because it's just been such a crazy week. But you know, I know Jason, I know Travis didn't have a huge game against the Eagles, and I can't remember any tight end that's really had a monster monster game against the Jonathan Gannon defense as so many did when they played against Jim Schwartz in that defense. Uh, the Eagles had all 22 of their starters on the field last week. The The health of this team has gotten better despite Lane Johnson playing through difficulty, Landon Dickerson with his elbow. I did see Aaron Sippis' window was opened as well. Um, any health updates on some of these guys going in? No, no, just not not yet. I mean, I think everybody, I think the expectation will be that everybody plays I don't, unless there's setbacks, but I don't think they came out of that game any worse for the wear other than Landon Dickerson, and I don't expect a hyperextended elbow to keep them out of the game. How much fun is this team having right now? Yeah, they're really loose. I mean, I think the thing is, is I think it's a very likable team. You know, I think it's a, you, they're very humble, but they have fun. And you can appreciate the stories of a Jalen Hurts who was publicly humiliated in, in a very national stage in a very national way in college football who's come back, who never talks smack, who just goes out and plays football and credits his teammate and, it's this great humility there. Look, I mean, the head coach carries a lot of uh, kind of charisma on the field, if you will. And I know that rubs people the wrong way, but he's ours. So we love him. And um, they're really having a lot of fun. They're, they're a very well-connected team, very close-knit. And I think they feel extremely good about their chances in the Super Bowl. You know, we've been watching Jalen Hurts grow, not not only as a quarterback, but as, but as a leader. Um, and we saw what he did at Alabama and then in Oklahoma how important is his leadership? And, and when they drafted him, do you think the Eagles saw what we now all see in Jalen Hurts? Uh, his, well, that's the first part. Yes, it's very important. The team takes its cue from the quarterback, and the quarterback is a very unflappable, extremely steady hand. Um, and so, yeah, it's a huge part of it. And his message, again, is just keep the main thing, the main thing, the main thing, the main thing. Um, he just says it so. He's so cool. When he does, I just think he's a cool dude, um, and and I think that everything that he's done is has been the product of a lot of hard work. And 
I'm not sure anybody could have said that they saw him going from, you know, a starter at the beginning of the season, but a lot of questions. And the whole mission of this 2022 season was to find out if Jalen Hurts was going to be the guy moving forward, going from that question to, well, don't you think he should be the MVP of the league? That question. And I mean, I don't think anybody saw that coming necessarily, but certainly a credit to Jalen and the hard work he's done and the coaching that he's taken. He's done a great job. Any thoughts or predictions before you head out there? Nope. <laughs> Jeff makes you're me happy, ask you're those happy to talk to you next. You're welcome. I'll, I'll be love, love to talk to you next week when I get a feel. I like to get a feel for how loose a team is. I like to get a feel for how a team's handling the big moment. And, you know, now is not the big moment. There's no game on Sunday. This team is very, very just loose. And I'm sure the Kansas City Chiefs, who've been in three Super Bowls in the last four years, feel the same way. But next week is really when you find out just – how much they, because while the players will say that they're they, they know what's coming you really don't know what's coming it is a an entirely different environment there are just hundreds of thousands of people around you on top of you trying to get a glimpse of you trying to rip it a piece of you and that can be very disconcerting can take you off your game a lot and uh, i want to kind of get a feel for that as the week goes along this week all right we're not going to ask you for a prediction for the game then we're going to ask you a prediction what percentage of of that super bowl crowd is going to be Eagles fans a lot <laughs> that's a good question uh is there is are the Chiefs fatigued that their team is in the or can they keep affording to go out to these expensive Super Bowls and by the way they are incredibly expensive um I would say 60 percent maybe I'll, I'll go 60 yeah. I, I respect the Chiefs I respect the Chiefs fan base but I think the Eagles fans are a little bit hungrier well look we can't wait to follow your coverage all week out there and get the feel of the team and look forward to talking to you again Dave enjoy the yep. ride this week Hey, thanks, guys. And if we have a chance to do it next week, let me know. Sounds good to us. You take it easy, man. All right. Take care. Thank you. He's going to be able to get that feel and see what the team is like. They do seem extremely loose right now. I mean, you want to, you know, Mahomes' health obviously matters and, and is important, but you want to talk about two evenly matched teams. They both scored 546 points this season. You know, people think the, the KC offense, the Eagles offense, the mm. different weapons. They're very similarly matched if you look at the stats. I, I think the Eagles have a stronger roster. I think Casey has stars at different positions. And look, we'll get into the game breakdown next week with some of the guests we're looking to have on well, there. Well, look, if you look at the just on the offensive side for each team, the Kansas City Chiefs don't have the talent at the skill positions that the Eagles have this year, which is shocking to say if you go back a year ago. But the one thing that they have is Mahomes. And as good as Jalen Hurts has been this year, Mahomes has done this year after year after year. And what he does is so special. It's not just that he rolls out and does things. He creates five, ten seconds of just chaos, which somehow end with him calmly finding the right guy all the time. The question is whether this high ankle sprain is serious enough that it's going to keep him from doing anything. I think you asked Dave the right question in terms of the linebackers on that screen game. And we Kelsey. clip this, God. yeah. Well, no, I mean I think <laughs> that that's going to be the the battle that matters. If they have, if they can keep Mahomes in the pocket because he doesn't have, obviously he's going to have some running ability. But if he doesn't have all of that speed and mobility, and they can contain him a little bit, then can they contain that screen game? Because McCall Hardiman is likely not going to play. Right. Juju Smith-Schuster got hurt during the game. Right. Kadarius uh, Tony got hurt. So mm -hmm. we'll see the health of those wide receivers, but they're going to rely. And look, Andy's done that before. You remember some of these Eagles teams with the wide receivers they had? They had tight ends and running backs. That was the yeah, offense we Andy ran. Andy never had it. was never blessed with great receivers. But that's why I asked Dave, 
I wonder if that actually helps this team, that there are people in that building still who remember Andy running the offense like that with limited weapons. But who's who's left in the building other than the marketing people, Howie nah, Roseman? there's and, people in the front who? office and stuff, in the scouting department and other departments. I don't, I, I I mean, don't they've think They've had that, some longevity with some of that. Howie's there, other people are there. I'm just saying, I think have, it you helps. You have enough film people now that they they see all that stuff. Not surprised. The fact that Andy Reid was here before... Not surprised, by the way, that that's a media narrative and not a building narrative. I didn't think they would care that they're playing Andy Reid. No, but, I mean, as far as Jeffrey Lurie goes, he must be proud of the fact that, you know, there were three coaches in this deep in this playoff that were coaches that he handpicked who all have, by the way, were never head coaches before that. Andy Reid was not. Doug Peterson was not. Sirianni was not. I mean, they've done a really good job finding head coaches that have gotten them very deep in the playoffs. Any other thoughts this week? Although uh, the Giants' love seems to suggest that Sirianni has no... Look, yeah, that was ridiculous. I, I really don't understand that. I don't know why you'd say it. I don't understand why half the things that have happened over the last week have happened. I don't understand how the Empire State Building turned green. I don't know That how, was beautiful. <laughs> I don't... I enjoyed I don't know the, how Micah Parsons gets I enjoyed up and the says he's rooting for I them. enjoyed the trolling from the Giants' social account showing their lack of appreciation for the Empire State being green. Yeah, Micah Parsons, defender of the Eagles to all Dallas fans. I'm in the twilight zone right now. I don't get it. I don't really this get it. whole thing, it's like everybody's rooting for the Big Ten. Like, what, what is going on? Spadaro mentioned it, the cost. Uh, the average ticket right now is around, uh, get-in price around terrorists is between 4700 and 5300 So which of your kids are you selling for a ticket? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch it with them <laughs> at home. I'm actually, ex- I'm kind of like Kevin. I don't I don't want to have a party and... Honestly, my wife's going to have to make sure that like I have good language around my kids watching the game <laughs> because I'll be throwing Look, stuff at the need, TV. They and... need to learn sometime. Uh, learn. If they're going to be Philadelphia fans, it's one of the things that I learned early on with my kid when he was young. I took him to a bunch of sporting events. I did pull him from an Eagles game when he was four years old because it was just too much. But eventually they're going to learn. They'll get it at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NFL coaching carousel. And you might as well learn how to learn it to use it in a sentence. Does Denver have any draft picks left between Russell Wilson and Sean Payton? No, this better work or they're in trouble for a long time. Uh, I'm very curious to see whether that pairing works out there. Frank Reich to the Colts, D'Amico Ryans to the Texans. Uh, or uh, Sorry, Frank Reich to the Panthers. The right. Colts job he is already, still... He already was with the he Colts was already and that with didn't the Colts. work out. Uh, Maybe he'll trade for Carson Wentz again. Your thoughts on how this is all working out and playing out in the in the postseason or here with the coaching carousel? I don't really understand some of the hires. I don't understand why you would bring Frank Reich in there. You had a coach, Wilkes, who did a great job after Rule was fired and was able to put together a pretty decent run uh, with virtually nothing. I mean, they traded Christian McCaffrey, and they somehow were still able to do something. Why did you not go with him? Nobody's been able to explain that. No clue. I mean, the Texans have actually made, I think, the best hire. I'm curious as to whether J.J. Watt comes out onto that coaching staff and you get sort of a reunion of some Texans who really care about that organization and have the passion for it to try to rebuild it. Has J.J. Watt indicated that he wants to coach? Uh, He 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 retweeted. Well, yeah, but they played together. I understand, but I don't know what he wants to do. He's got some time on his hands now. I mean, they have a ton of draft picks there. It's just their ownership group is is a mess. Terrible. I wanted to talk a little baseball with you before we finish up. Coming weeks, we're going to have some... That's next week's show. Well, the coming weeks. No, no, two-week show. show. We're going to do another football show next Mm -hmm. week. 
And then in two weeks, we're going to talk the Astros cheating scandal, which the book is coming out. We've seen excerpts come out this week. Talk about our future guest and what we've seen this week with it, the cheating it is, scandal. It is baffling to see some of the things. So he was one of the people who broke that scandal. and it to Say who? Evan Drylich. Evan Drylich. And it is amazing to hear the stories that have already come out from that book, including the fact that Joey Cora tended to have a little bit too much to drink and then started bragging about the fact that they stole that World Series. Yeah, I cannot wait to talk to him I mean, about what, that What book. are you thinking? Like, why do you think that's a good idea to go bragging about it? You already cheated. Now you're going to go brag about it? Look, uh, all I know is that there's 12 days until pitchers and catchers report, and a truck left this area for Clearwater yesterday with 2,400 baseballs, 1,200 bats, 300 batting gloves, and 140 helmets. I'm excited for this time of year. And that's what you're excited for, the truck? I'm excited for everything baseball. I, I mean, years ago when we went and covered spring training, it was just a blast, the, the feeling and the excitement. And, you know, even the fan survey, the 2% of the people who still aren't sure. Was the, it 2% or 0.2%? No, it was 2%. Okay. What 2% in the fan base aren't sure if this team is moving in the right direction? Like, if you're not sold that they're perfect, cool, I get that. But after some of the baseball that we've watched here over the last two decades, are you really telling me you're not sure if they're well, moving no, in the I, right direction? Well, I, I'm going to try to make an argument for those 2%. Oh, I, I can't wait hard, for this. I know it's hard, but the 2% might be thinking that they're not doing enough to keep up with the Braves and the Mets. That's, I mean, that at least, may, it's not that you're not moving in the right direction. It's that you're not moving in the right direction in comparison to the teams in your division. The Mets have made moves. The Braves are the Braves. So you still have the NL East is going to be the best division in baseball next year. It will, but the Phillies won't play them until June. Yeah, the that, schedule see, makes make no sense. sense to me this year. Okay, so they they're they just trying to get the it. American League games out of the way early. Yeah, so the Phillies will play 15 games against the Rangers, Yankees, White Sox, Mariners, and Astros in March and April, but zero games against the Mets, Braves, and Nationals. They won't play the Mets or Braves at home until January until June twentieth. It makes no sense to me. And then if you look at the travel, the Phillies... Now, this is the Phillies' apparent request. They'll travel about 3,000 miles more than the Mets this year because they like shorter road trips so Mm -hmm. that they control the home games more. So rather than staying out for a long West Coast road trip, they they like weekend sets, they fly back. So they'll fly more miles. But I get... How does that make sense for the players? Isn't it better for the players to just stay out where they are? And it also... I mean, in, in last year... One of the things was is that when they went on the long road trip, that's when they bonded. Yeah. That's when Kyle Schwarber got them all together and they went bowling and did all the things. So why would you want to take that away? Why would they request that? I, I don't know. I, I don't really understand what baseball's doing. I mean, most well, people— Well, no, I'm worried about what the Phillies were thinking. Like, why, why would you do that? Well, because it lets them have more regular control over home stands and more flexibility in scheduling. If you have a longer road trip, you have fewer home stands. You have to figure out when they are for scheduling. I get it; it's better for I fans, know, but, but I think for the players, it's not better. Right. I think on their bodies, it's probably better to stay out on the West Coast and have that trip, and that probably be a longer yeah, trip pe- and come back. People home. don't really understand for athletes in all sports the travel. You know, they sit there and go, "Well, they get to fly first class, or they get to fly on private charters, and they get to do this." That it's not. It, it's yeah, you get to do those things, but it is wear and tear on the body to constantly have to travel, to get up at weird times, to to sit in seats on an airplane, no matter how big those seats are. You, there is there's a lot to recovery time that goes into where they are and how long they stay there. Jeff, there's only 12 days until 
they can't use the shift anymore in baseball. Oh, How excited I'll, I'll remember are you? that we were told several times they're going to find a way to get around it. Oh, they're definitely going to find a way to get around it. But it is going to be a mute. See, here's the problem for players that are playing in the World Baseball Classic. Those rules don't apply. Like, players have to get used to this. So the ones that are not, that are going to go away from camp. A bunch of Phillies. A lot of Phillies. And that's going to be a problem if, if they're not going to be able to have the time to adjust, especially to the pitch clock. That's going to be the one that people are going to have to well, get used to. You asked Rio Gomez about that last week, what it was like for the people who hadn't played with the pitch clock before, and it was a little bit of chaos earlier on in the spring for Well, everything. especially for the older players. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Jeff, we got about 30 seconds before we go off the air. Any thoughts? Uh, I know you're not going to talk about the Eagles anymore, but anything else you'd like to bring to the table today before we sign off? Uh, union is around the corner, too. We we had we cannot forget that the Union went to the finals last year, and they are going to be even better this year. I'm so glad you brought that up. Let's leave it there. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Discover spirituality for everyday living with religion and inspiration with Cantor Scott Borsky. Celebrant educator, chaplain, and speaker, Cantor Scott Borsky will open your eyes to the joy and meaning in our everyday lives with a generous dose of good humor. Cantor Borsky can help everyone discover inspiration in the everyday moments of their religion, background, tradition, and beliefs. It's 30 minutes well spent. Religion and inspiration with Cantor Scott Borsky. Sunday mornings at 730 on WWDB. Hi, this is Carol Holloway from Home Improvement Fix and Facts. Listen to me live every Tuesday morning from 8 to 9 right here at WWDB. And if you can't listen live, make sure you go to www.dbam.com and listen to my podcast. Each week, we will give you great ideas on how to fix your home and some facts on how to put it all together. Hi, I'm Cody DePablo. Cancer, we don't want to think about it, but I had to because, well, I was, I was busy. Working, traveling, enjoying life. Completely forgot to pay attention to my health. Too much time passed since my last pap. By the time I was tested, things didn't look too good. We thought I might have cervical cancer. Cervical, ovarian, and uterine cancers are gynecologic cancers. I was lucky. After lost